Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. in the political process. Honest. You, my friend, are part of the problem and not the solution. Compassion. The church needs to rise. Rise. The Monica Matthews, Monica Matthews Show. Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Happy Friday to you, America and beyond. Love, life, and liberty right here. Monday through Friday, all over the globe. I don't know if it offers translation services, but... <laughs> Pretty sure all of us are speaking liberty about right now. That's kind of a common language. Speaking of liberty and common languages, so this morning I hosted my very first, what is it called? Uh, it's basically like a live chat on uh, Twitter and uh, Spaces, and it was so much fun. I had no idea that that was going to be my morning. And Twitter keeps enticing me or encouraging me, suggesting uh, for me to get on and create a space. So I was like, all right, what the heck? So I get on. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm just going to hop on here and maybe, maybe I can dilly dilly through here without anyone knowing that I'm here. Wrong. (laughs) Literally, as soon as I got online, there were 80 people. And I'm like, oh my crap, like how do I even navigate this thing? So thankfully there was a gentleman on named Dave O, apparently, who is the master of all things Twitter space verse, and uh, he was such a help to me, and uh, thank you all for your patience. We really just had an impromptu great time. Um, You know, I just wanted to come on and talk about hope and the strategy of hope. Many of you in the business space, as as I, I am as well. Uh, you will hear people say a lot of times, hope is not a strategy, right? But hope is the strategy, right? And the Bible says that we serve the God of hope, right? So I love that because that's who he is. That's his kingdom. And so if he rules over all of this craziness that we're living in right now across the globe, then who else should we be focused on, right? Like our politicians? No, uh, you know, a local, state, or feds for sure. You know, who, who, kings, queens, monarchies, uh, economic systems. I mean, what is academia, science? You know, uh, who, who are we supposed to count on exactly for our hope? I mean, I see your messages, I read them, and when they don't hit my spam filter, so please, you know, have some mercy on me, send it again, or hit me up and DM on Twitter if you've sent me an email and I haven't responded I, because I just haven't seen it, or I'm, I'm like totally crushed for time, but I do hear you, I see you, I see your tweets, I see your messages, and I see that a lot of people are living in a state of desperation, and so I was like, you know what, let's talk about hope, everyone else is talking about the Kyle Rittenhouse case, and that certainly has its own merit for to be sure, 
We should all be paying attention to that. I have to tell you guys, I have to be honest about something. I, for the absolute love of all things holy, I do not understand the Black Lives Matter, uh, left, Antifa, all the threats, like the terroristic threats of violence and to burn things down again, all of that, if he is acquitted, it is absolutely mind-blowing. You would think that... um, you would think that there was a, uh, that he had murdered, uh, black individuals. And I'll be honest with you. I don't think he murdered anyone. I think if there was, you know, a manslaughter case to be had, um, but in terms of premeditated murder or first degree murder, uh, whatever all the degrees are to murder, um, I, I think the defense has shown, and, and more importantly in this case, the prosecution has shown that, uh, that Kyle is not guilty of premeditated murder where these two people were concerned. But you would think by the, the quote, racial context that some people um, are, are taking their breath to threaten Americans, you know, over an acquittal is absolutely mind-blowing that, that you would use a race card on, on convicted pedophile, on a convicted pedophile who had just been released from prison, who has footage from earlier in that night trying to start something. And, I mean, it's just, I know many of you look at that and you're like, what the heck is going on? Well, here's what's going on in its simplest terms. You have a a temperature gauge that has been turned up on both kingdoms, right? And the darker it gets, the brighter our light is going to have to shine. And I don't say that in some, you know, utopian kumbaya, everybody, you know, get out your flower wreaths on your head and blow bubbles and, you know, pray to the unicorn Jesus. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about showing up with the bravado, with the power of God to stand in your jurisdiction with regard to your liberty, right, on a local, state, and federal level. I'm talking about lawfare. I'm talking about uh, lawful uh, standing on your Constitution, wrapping yourself in it and showing up. That's what I'm talking about. So this morning I wanted to log on and just, you know, and just share some hope, right? Like we worship the God of hope. So what are we doing? And before I knew it, this conversation just, wow, took off. Um, and a lot of great people were on and, you know, and I just opened up the lines, you know, it wasn't, again, it wasn't something that I had, you know, thought about doing. I didn't schedule it. I didn't let you know. I didn't have co-hosts lined up. I didn't have speakers lined up in the future. Uh, I'll be happy to do that, but I got to tell you guys something. I kind of really like the whole live aspect of, I mean, it's almost, I said this today on the, on the call that it reminds me of terrestrial radio, which I love, 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 love. I love live radio because you never know what you're going to get and you're dealing with people and their raw emotion. And I'm not one of those people who feels like I have to have all the answers. And so if you guys shoot something over at me where I'm like, Hmm, I don't know. Anyone else on the call have an idea? If you're ever in one of my space rooms, uh, raise your hand, you know, and chime in. And so, sure, I'm the host, and, you know, I, I work in the sphere of the Monica Matthews show, um, but I love sharing the microphone with people because that's how we commune, right? That's how we grow. That's how we learn. 
So I'm not such a diva that I can't share my space with people. So it worked out really well this morning. Um, took some twists and turns and had some business leaders on and uh, scientifically minded people, nurses, uh, veterans, you know, I mean, it was super cool. So um, I'm pumped and just be ready though. Like if you come with some stupid stuff, I'm not going to, I mean, I may boot you off. It depends on how stupid your stuff is. But if you are going to, you know, blow the eight and, you know, cast some kind of dispersion or, you know, just something where I'm like, okay, whoa, 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 back up. You're going to have to defend that. Like, how do you even defend that? Right? Because there has to be a space for open dialogue. And my airwaves, historically speaking, have been free for open dialogue. They just have, because that's part of the fabric of this country. And that's also part of the fabric of the God of hope, right? So our First Amendment right is extraordinarily important. Why is that? Because while there is, our salvation certainly is in keeping our, in our, keeping our peace, right? And in our quietness. But that doesn't mean sitting quietly idle as we see uh, people left behind in other countries. We see our youth enslaved and trafficked for sexual purposes and organs. Uh, we see our government completely out of control. That is not what that means. If you attend a church that tells you that you need to sit down and take your shot or you're not godly, you need to find another church. I cannot stress that enough. There's nothing holy about that message. Nothing. And if you will simply do your own research as to what is in these uh, inoculations, um, you may come to some very interesting conclusions on your own. I do not drive people uh, for or or away from um, vaccines. I allow my guests to do that who are um, doctors, who are scientists, who are people willing to take a risk to tell you the truth give you the information, point you in the right direction, and then let you use your God-given mind to assimilate the information that's been compiled by the experts and make your own decision. Pray about it. You know, one of the reasons why I want to talk more about the God of hope is because if I can get you out of your lizard brain and out of your fog of war brain, you will make decisions rooted in faith rather than fear. And that's true for all of us. And that really goes across the spectrum of dating, uh, marriage, business, um, you know, lawfare, what's hat you, civics. I love something one of my, uh, one of the people on today said, a lady named Michelle, was talking about civics, you know, that the word politics has infiltrated so many things that people, particularly in the church, have gotten away from the dialogue of civics and how crucial that is, how important that is. I cannot stress that enough. And so if, if you are a pastor or a leader, you feel, or you're a Christian, you feel uncomfortable with the word politics, I got to tell you, I do not operate in that space of politics. I hate politics. I think politicians suck. There's no other friendly or holy way to say that. And that's over 20 years of experience working with them. But there are people in that environment who are governmentally uh, minded, who are civically minded, and who are godly. They are there. They're absolutely there. So I think what we do is take the narrative and we turn it on its on its ear. 
we take the mer- the narrative away from the world and we show up in all of our social media spaces, all of our accounts, all of our uh, vernacular, all of our conversations, right, with our neighbors, people at the grocery store, our family, uh, everyone, our churches, our congregations, our small groups, our ladies' teas and luncheons, all of that brouhaha, hanging out with the dudes, you know, for bourbon and, and, and a cigar. Uh, start changing the narrative so that you're getting out of talking about politics because we're worshiping at the altar of politics and there really is a spirit of politics and she's nasty as you can tell. I mean, it's bad. There's manipulation, murder, extortion, blackmail, uh, you know, threats, uh, oppression, slavery. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. And all of it comes from a spirit of antichrist. And many of you are like, oh, I didn't think we were going to start in Revelation. Well, we, the Antichrist spirit didn't start in Revelation, and Jesus said that it was there with him then, that it, it, it has always been in the earth. Because Lucifer was Antichrist, and who is Christ? Christ is God's love. And so Lucifer was like, hey, dude, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, my throne is going to be above yours. Watch this. Hold my beer. And he convinced a third of the angels, you know, the first politician There you go. The first politician was Lucifer, according to the word. And so the first politician garnered a third of the vote. So don't tell me. And and Jesus came here and and canvassed. Not as a politician, but as a civic-minded, freedom-minded government official from the kingdom of God. So put that in your pipe and smoke it over a nice bourbon with one rock. So that, right? And so you don't hear a lot of people speak this way because it's just, listen, I have to apply the word very simply to my own life and, and, and thank God he has woven it into the fabric of my bone marrow. So whenever I talk about these things, I'm not, I'm not looking at notes. I'm not looking at my Bible. Um, it's in me. It, it is in my sinew. It, it is in my bone marrow. It's in every cell of my body. And that is only by the grace and the mercy of God and time spent with him and what he called me to many, many, many years ago, 20-something years ago. And I said, amen. Have I walked it out perfectly? Absolutely not. I'm not working, I'm not walking it out perfectly now, but I want to walk closer. I want to walk in that peace. I want to walk in my inheritance and my jurisdiction. And I'm sure most of you do as well. Some of you don't realize that you have jurisdiction, that you have an inheritance on this side of eternity. And that is the purpose of my new uh, ministry, which is called Thirst Ministries. I'm very excited about it uh, as part of my Clear Talk Media. Uh, uh, brand, and we're going to take this thing, you know, as far as the Lord wants us to, or as as minimal as the Lord wants us to. But you know, I've been living it for years with it uh, wrapped up inside of me. But obviously, now is the time when people are thirsty and they are hungry and they are seeking. And I know that because over a hundred people instantly signed up for my Bible study. And it's not even my Bible study. How about that? I'm entrusted with it, but it's the Lord calling you guys to the table. He's calling all of us, so I can't wait to see what we learn, Uh, and it's going to be in real time, honey, so don't come in there with your theological religious spirit crap. I ain't nobody's Beth Moore, and I don't want to be. I'm Monica Matthews, and I am doing this thing uh, at the sheer mercy and grace of God. It is that simple. I have a lot of stories. I have a lot of experience watching people, um, you know, in politics and the music industry. I'm a Grammy-nominated recording artist. Um, you know, boy, could I tell you some stories from that old mess. And then ministry, right? 
ministry is where it's at. So whenever I see the bloodlust that's going on right now with regard to the Rittenhouse case, um, also, I, let me let me mention this. I, I feel like I've done a grave disservice to the Ahmad Arbery case. I did not even know that was going on. How about that? I cannot keep up with the entire news cycle, as most of you can't either. But my daughter reminded me of that last night. She's like, Mom, you know, they're halfway through it. I was like, well, why aren't we seeing more about it? Right? Like, why are they? I mean, if you're going to pound sand and you're going to threaten the entire country, and clearly the, you know, national security apparatus is not interested in the terroristic threats heaved by non-white people regarding, well, I'm, I'll just say that about Black Lives Matter, right? I, I've only seen their black leadership step forward and say, hey, we're coming for your cities. I mean, it's unbelievably astounding how much how much leeway they have in this country, how much authority this, our national security apparatus has, has given them by virtue of just ab- abstaining from any form of adjudication where these guys are concerned. They just grow and grow and grow, right? And it's amazing, and it can cause you to lose hope. Now, something I saw, Stephen Crowder, love him, on Twitter was calling you guys to prepare yourselves and your cities. Like, don't wait for another Kyle Rittenhouse, you gentlemen, you know, it's like he was calling men to the forefront where it was like, hey, and I did see some of you dudes doing this in like the northeastern, of course, part of the country where y'all were like, hey, uh, uh-uh, you're not coming in our neighborhoods. Nope, not happening here, brother. And and little Antifa boy with your hair bun and, you know, your skinny jeans and smoke machines. Nope, not coming here. I mean, I saw dads lining up of all colors, okay, of all ethnicities, of all political persuasions who were like, "Mm -mm, nope, not in our hood, not happening. And so you'd be amazed how fast when you submit yourself to God and part of submitting yourself to God is, is taking care of your family first. It's taking care of your community. It's taking care of your county, your state, your country. That is godly, by the way. To not do that, you're considered an infidel according to the word of God. No joke. That is the only place in the New Testament where that is even... Uh, written. That's the context in which it's given. Those who do not take care of their own flesh and blood and their own families in their own homes, okay? And if you're part of the fabric of this nation, then we're family. If you're legally part of the fabric of this nation, we are family. And our government might not be taking care of us right now, and they may have open borders, but you have a God-given mandate that if someone shows up at your house in your neighborhood uh, and you don't have law enforcement there, what are you going to do? Roll over, open the door, just be like, here, here's my kids, do what you want. Here's all I have, take it. Are you kidding me right now? No, you are called to stand for law and for order And that doesn't mean you bust out in the streets and take your weapons downtown. You know, here's my thing about that. The Democrat-run cities call for stuff like this. They love this stuff. They love violence and burning stuff down. You know, they just blow, they just fan the flames of that crap constantly. You see it in their rhetoric, all the division, all the equitable stuff. And, you know, we've all, America's always been racist and the white man. You know, we're back to that crap again. Because they can't ever let us overcome something collectively. Because that's the Antichrist spirit. It's been in the earth again since the beginning. When Satan was like, I will exalt my throne above yours. Watch this. And God's like, well, watch this. <laughs> Hold my wine. Here you go. Get out. <laughs> so, and here we are. And, you know, he creates us. And, 
you know, we get to uh, represent his kingdom in the earth. And that is a great honor. Amen. So what I'm telling you is what Stephen Crowder said is you guys need to be prepared mentally, soberly, not in some spastic, crazy, hateful, vengeful way. You need to be sober about either getting your families out of the city or preparing yourselves or or just in your metro areas or preparing yourselves to leave your homes. Or if most of you, all the polls I take, you guys tell me that you're, you're not leaving your home. You're going to stay there and defend your home. Now, I see kind of both sides of that because here's the deal. It is your home. It is your property. That is your family. I also realize that, you know, if there are 200 people outside your door attempting to smoke you and your family out, the uh, prudent thing to do would be to flee. That's just me. Because you can always, you know, and why would you want to live there anyway? Right? But you can rebuild. But you can't rebuild six feet underground or if you've lost your children or your wife or your husband, right? So you have to be sober-minded about these things. You have to watch. And right now, uh, reports are yesterday, uh, official reports, that you do have cartel fighting going on on the inside of our border of Texas. So there is that. And I don't know what's going on down there. I have not been there. I am half tempted to actually make my way down there because with with folks who know what they're doing, who have been on the ground down there to see exactly what's happening, um, you know, but it's it's here. It's here. And so you need to be aware of your surroundings. You don't need to go out paranoid and afraid and walking around with your AR-15 strapped to your chest. And I'm not saying that, you know, that you don't have a right to do so if it's lawful in your state. What I'm saying is it's unnecessary. I'm saying you need to live with your head on a swivel. And you can do that without being provocateur numero uno every time you walk out the door, right? So pay attention to uh, things online. Follow people who actually know what the heck is going on down at the border, Follow news sources that are actually legitimate. They're not hysterical. They're not part of the plan. You know, whatever all that is, I'm not part of that plan. I'm part of God's plan. And I don't even know who the hell wrote that plan. And honestly, I don't care. That that whole weight is coming. Here it comes. Red wave, red, you know, surfboards. Everybody sign up for a, a maggot surfboard. Uh, I'm not on that wave. I'm not on that train. I'm on the Lord's train, plain and simple. And so nobody's going to save us but the Lord. And he's already proven that he lives inside of us because he said so. So we may have to defend our homes and our cities and our states. That It may actually come to that. And so, but you don't have to like, I'm not encouraging you to get out and take to your streets and start some crap. And because it sounds like other people are doing exactly that in terms of trying to provoke you to get out into the streets. I have encouraged you since last November, um, do not take the law into your own hands. I will tell you, I live in the city of Atlanta. We do not have effectively a 911 service that is functional. And I have that on very good authority from a number of people who work for the city and who perform security services for the city. Now, you put that in your pipe and smoke it. So if you think that I'm going to sit around and wait for someone to you know, finish their nails or take me off hold when I've got someone approaching my door trying to get into my house to take my life, um, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> so um, honestly, you, I would highly encourage you to start with this. 
pray. I'm serious. I'm not kidding. I'm not being fickle or flippant. I'm saying you need to pray over your homes, over your neighborhoods and your cities. You have authority to take authority over these forces in the spirit realm. You have that authority in Christ Jesus to do so. So in your prayer time, the best thing you men can do instead of taking to the streets, quite honestly, is all of you get together, hold hands as men and stand in the gap in the spirit realm for your families and for God and for law and order. And honestly, pray for those people who are rabid. Pray for those people who don't even realize that they're in a trance, right? That they're in the clutches, they're in snares. Pray for those people to be removed from the snares of the enemy. A lot of people do not realize that they have been blue-pilled right into the pill of hell, Right. And so, but for the grace of God, there go we. So I think it's, or us, I think it's very important to humbly, you know, I said that today. I'm not real big on the American pride thing, even though I get it. I think we're a lot better off if we humbly submit ourselves to God, resist the devil. And the word says he will flee and he will. And he'll also come back at a more opportune time. And that's what he did to Jesus. Right. It's exactly what he did to Jesus. He tempted him. Jesus is out there like hungry, thirsty, like, oh my gosh. Uh, You know, I could go for a biscuit at a Gatorade about right now. And Jesus waits till he's good and like just totally toast and tempts him. Jesus, of course, you know, overcomes that. And, um, and the word says that he, he departed from the Lord and from Jesus. And then God sent his ministering angels to minister to the needs of Jesus and, and the enemy was going to wait for a more opportune time. So that's how the enemy works. It's through opportunity. So don't give him an opportunity, right? Here's the deal. I said this today in the space on Twitter was like, okay, smile at someone, even someone who might look a little angry, you know, might look a little mean to you, a little disgruntled. Maybe they're rude to you in line, you know, give a soft answer instead of being all puffed up, right? And you have no idea how that could change the literal trajectory of someone's choices that they might make later on. You have no idea how you might actually affect that person through one interaction with them that is predicated upon submitting your flesh to God and being kind, being courteous, uh, respectful. You have no idea what that could do for someone. And you may not ever know on this side of eternity, you may actually save someone from going out and being a maniac later that evening. You have no idea how God can prick someone's heart through your actions of being godly in their presence. Because the word says this, you know, we're waiting for God to come down here and kick everybody's butt. And believe me, he's not uh, incapable of doing so. But we are in the dispensation of grace at the moment. And and that is not going to last forever, by the way. So, but the word says that it's the kindness of the Lord that brings people to repentance. I mean, I could just stop the whole show right there. The kindness of the Lord brings people to repentance. And how many of you have been caught up in something and the kindness of someone or in your prayer time, you just feel God's kindness in him wrapping his arms around you and compassion and mercy and saying, Hey, I get it. I get why you're, I get why you're about to go over the cliff, but can I just tell you something? I died. So you don't have to, 
right? And I forgive you and I love you and just come on, give me your hand, turn around. I left the 99 to come get you and your crazy butt. So come on. I mean, that's me. That's <laughs> Monica speak. But seriously, I mean, that is the word. The word says he'll leave the 99 to come and get you, you, whoever you are. He will come and get you. And so he will come and get Black Lives Matter leaders. He will come and get Antifa. He'll come and get whoever he chooses to come and get. But it may happen by virtue of your interaction. That also does not negate the fact that you need to be sober and aware of what is happening around you in your cities, in your neighborhoods, in your counties. Okay, again, I'm not calling you to form militias. What I'm saying is that as men, you start in the spirit first. And as women, you can do the same exact thing, but I am talking specifically to you men. And I'm sorry for all of the emasculation that has occurred, uh, but I'm calling forth the God in you, the godliness in you, um, the Holy Spirit in you to rise up. You don't owe anyone an explanation about your manhood or about opening a door or being kind or chivalrous or, you know, standing in your godly order. That You don't need to apologize for that. That is not your place. You're not called to that. So, uh, Father, I just ask that you release people who are caught in that trap and that lie, whatever they've believed about their masculinity, that they're released from it now in the name of Jesus. So, I want you guys to go have a beautiful weekend. Be aware of your surroundings. Be kind to people around you. Do not go out of your house angry, seething, looking for trouble, afraid. That's not what I'm talking about, and you know it. You hear me. I said it today. I'm not a hysterical person. I'm not phobic. I'm not seething with anger. I'm just, you got to be aware. And the first thing to be aware of is you. Situational awareness is key to you actually surviving and your family and people around you, right? So that is godliness, to be situationally aware. We are told to be soberly minded. We are told to be vigilant, right? Why? Because our enemy walks to and fro to see whom he can devour. And you see that happening all over the world. You see world. You see forces coming together. Are, are they attacking Taiwan? I hope not. I'm not going to speak that over Taiwan. I am praying for Taiwan. It's not looking favorable from my eyesight, uh, through my carnal eyesight, but uh, my human eyesight rather, but I'm still standing in that space for the people of Taiwan, that they will maintain their sovereignty um, and that you know this country will continue to support their efforts. Ukraine as well, uh, praying for people. Listen, we have been taught... You know, this whole thing with Russia, right, that we all not, we knew then it was a farce, but for sure now we know with the Durham indictments and all of that, we know that all of that was false accusation. Let me tell you all something. It went down just like all words of liars do. The word says that the words of a talebearer go down into the innermost being, parts of a being, and cause wounds. Look at our country. We're wounded. The spirit of this country is wounded. But the spirit of God is greater in us than he who is in the world, right? And so we have been trained to even be afraid to pray for other nations because of collusion, because of foreign entanglements, right? Like it's like you've been taught to be afraid of anyone who is not from this country or, I mean, God, you business leaders, I don't know how you're doing it. 
right? Because the DOJ, uh, you know, our national security apparatus, it's all been weaponized. And so if you happen to be a conservative and you're running a company and you do business overseas, you definitely need to cross your T's and, and dot your I's. Make sure that, you know, you are above reproach. You know, but I can't imagine being in that space. And, and I'm kind of in that space in a roundabout way in that I do have people contact me from other nations who want information about how's it going in America. They were on the call on the, in the space today. A gentleman from Chile, um, um, a person from Canada, right? We need America to be okay because if you're not okay, no one's going to be okay. That's the general sentiment. But when you think about how we've been programmed that uh, to not be concerned or to stay away from or to fear persecution or prosecution uh, because of your heart toward people outside of this country, that's a real shame. And there's nothing godly about that. Nothing. So I want to encourage you to whatever, whoever God lays on your heart to pray for in that space of international, in that international space, I want you to do that. Be aware of that. Look at the people, look at our own embassy in Yemen. Huh. I mean, we have a hostage crisis. No one's reporting on that. The Hootsies, I believe, uh, have taken over. There, there's no, I've seen literally one report on that. And so what about those guys? You know, what about people, what about women, children, um, you know, people who helped us are still stuck in Afghanistan. I mean, they're, they're running for their lives right now. People who are part of the uh, American Afghanistan University or American University in Afghanistan, um, they've sent a letter to uh, the State Department and Secretary uh, Blinken saying, hey, we're still over here and we are targets. And I don't know any of those guys, but they sent me their press, or their press release and asked me to share it, and I did. And, and that could be at risk to myself. I don't know. Um, I don't have any involvement with them, but I saw it, you know, floating all over Twitter, but I never saw really anyone pick it up. And so, you know, if I'm sitting over here in the land of freedom and you're telling me that you're running from the Taliban and my country had everything to do with that, and I have a way to inform others to continue to pray for your safety and your removal, your extraction from harm's way, from that wickedness, then it is my God-given duty to do so. That is what I'm talking about, knowing who and whose you are, and doing so, you know, within the parameters of the laws of this country. I'm not a diplomat. I'm not part of a presidential cabinet. Um, you know, I'm not a politician. I'm a commentator. And so for me, you know, I'm a simple woman of God, and I believe in the power of prayer. And I believe in godly governance and civics, and I believe in building this country uh, back up on the foundation that's already there. We don't have to pour the foundation again. God was absolutely in the foundation of this country. No one will convince me. Otherwise, it is written. It is written on our paper. It is written in our hearts. It is written in our souls. You know it, and I know it. Now, please go. Have a good weekend. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your neighbors. Do not fear. Live with your eyes wide open. Love your babies. Speak openly with them, you know, with with caution, you know, with what's appropriate, uh, age appropriate for them. But they, they see what's going on. So wrap your arms around them. Reassure them that you love God. God loves you. 
and you're going to submit and you're going to resist and we are going to overcome. Be good to your neighbor, beginning your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one.